you found the best place for quality Internet talk. Around the clock and around the world. TalkZone.com And now, more sports and torts with David Spada and Elliot Heron. This is David Spada, along with Elliot Harris, and you listen to Sports and Torts. Boy, Elliot, you come up with these girls all the time. You know, it's hard work, but somebody's got to do it, right? It is, and that's why you get paid the big bucks here. We do? I haven't got our paycheck yet from uh, Togsong. Well, we're, 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 it's in the mail, isn't it? It is. So, well, Elliot, why Pony you, Express, I think, is delivering it, though. Why don't you let our listeners and viewers know what was in your column today? What was in my column today? We had a little bit about some of the events that were going on around Chicago. There's uh, mixed martial arts at Joe's on Weed Street, which is known probably more for music than mayhem. We had a little bit about Juwan Howard talking. He's a member of the Miami Heat talking about who should be the NBA's MVP. And he said, unpolitically correct, that Juwan would choose Derek Rose over his teammate LeBron James. Why would he say that? It makes no sense. He's, he was talking to a Chicago radio station. He's a Chicago guy. Uh, maybe he was trying to appease somebody. Maybe he was trying to piss off somebody. I'm, I'm not quite sure what would have a, a guy say somebody on another team is better than your guy. It, make, it makes absolutely no sense here. I mean, you should just say they're all good players. Whoever wins, wins. The whole thing is winning a championship. And that's what we're trying to do in, in uh, Miami. And that's what the Bulls are trying to do. Yeah. I mean, if I had to choose a player... And my choice was Derek Rose or LeBron James. I think I might go with LeBron James. Oh, exactly, because you cannot coach height, and he's got the height. He could do it all. He, he has all the skills of a Derek Rose. Plus, he has the, as you say, he has the height, the heft, the anything, the three-point shot. He's about as complete a player as you could ever hope to see. Back in the day, there was a similar player to. Uh... LeBron James, a guy who was a 12-time NBA All-Star, he could shoot free throws, he could rebound, he could hit the jump shots. He was named one of the 50 greatest players in history. We have on the line Dolph Shays. How you doing, Dolph? Hey, guys, this is <laughs> I'm doing great, especially after after that uh, uh, build-up. Uh, uh, I wasn't a jump shooter in those days. Well, you, uh, you you had a shot that LeBron James does not. You had. The two-handed well, set the two-handed shot. Well, two-handed set shot, you know, I drove and all that stuff. But I appreciate it, and uh, and to put me in the same <laughs> category with LeBron James is really put, putting me on a on a pedestal. He's a credible athlete, and uh, I was I was not as athletic as he. I you know, I just I was what you call a a grinder, a plugger. I kept going and uh, and whatever. But thank you so much uh, for the. Uh, you, you were more than just a more than just a grinder, more than just a plugger. You were one of the stars of the league in in its early days. Okay, great. Okay. You'll accept that, won't you? Yes, yes, yes. Okay. So you won an NBA championship. Was that the highlight of your career, or was there something else that you really think that you enjoyed more well, than that? Well, when you play for 16 years, uh, you know there are lots of highlights. Of course, winning a championship was a major highlight. Uh, um, you know, being picked, uh, let's say the. Uh, one of the top 50 players was certainly uh, unexpected and a, a terrific uh, uh, day, not only for myself, my family, you know, and my, my kids and grandchildren were grown at that time. So it was, it was big time. But I had 
Many, uh, many, many highlights. First All-Star Game uh, played in 1951. Making that was was really a, a, a big thrill at that time. Uh, you know, coaching the Sixers with Chamberlain and uh, and Hal Greer and uh, Billy Cunningham and the like. We had a great, great team. We didn't beat the Celtics, but uh, we uh, won a lot of games, and that and that was uh, a highlight. So. I would guess that my whole career was the highlight because I felt so privileged to uh, be in the NBA to get paid for playing a game you like to play, and and uh, so I guess that that could be it. <laughs> I got a trivia question for you: Who sure. scored the first point in an NBA All Star game? Well, that's a good trivia question. <laughs> I actually found out last year that I had scored the very first uh, point, uh, and then it was. Uh, it was what do you call it? It was verified uh, this this year, and they uh, it was at the uh, L.A. at the uh, Staples Arena, and they did wasn't on national wide TV, but they showed a picture of that, uh, or, 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 or we had a little black and white movie uh, that they did in those days. Nothing like uh, the uh, highlights of ESPN <laughs> this this era. And uh, it was exciting to see that. And, uh, yeah, I was, so to answer your, <laughs> your question, yes, I, I, I scored the first basket. And you, you also had a son who had an even longer NBA career than you did. That's true. Danny uh, played 18 years uh, in the NBA, which is uh, probably, there were probably 10% of the players maybe played eight, probably closer to five. Uh, 18 years, and uh, he was a, he might say a role player. He played, played a, a lot of, uh, 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 he played his best ball with uh, Denver, uh, and uh, did, did great work with uh, Orlando and Milwaukee, and he was a real good team player and uh, knew the game well, had great fundamental background, and uh, surprised many people, uh, Especially in Syracuse, because at Syracuse, when he would play college ball, Jim Beheim did play him for three years, and then his final year played him, and uh, then he uh, showed that he was a very, uh, uh, very good player, and uh, I was very proud of him. I think he actually played in more total games than I did, uh, and he did play uh, for 17, seven teams and 13 coaches. And don't ask me to name him because I, I, I'll probably make a mistake. <laughs> and he probably earned more than in one or two seasons than you did in your entire career. Well, let's say not probably he did. Uh, I the the my total for sixteen years. Of course, these are different eras and uh, so on, uh, different uh, uh, value of a dollar. But in my total career, my total dollars was maybe three hundred thousand dollars that we're talking 16 years maybe an average of fifteen sixteen thousand dollars a year and of course uh, the pros today they're uh, uh they're, they're making you know well you know what they're they are making, millions so. and millions but not only that but you know even a, a guy like uh, bill russell and bob Cousy and bob pettit you know they did well i was in a much smaller market so we we didn't have the wherewithal to you know, but uh, like if I average fifteen to twenty thousand dollars a year, they average uh, 
thirty to forty thousand, and that's about it. Russell uh, was making like sixty-five, and then Chamberlain, in, in the mid early mid early sixties, mid sixties, uh, was paid a hundred thousand or so. He said, and then uh, Russell beat that. So the first hundred thousand dollar player was only uh, nineteen sixty. Five. And Babe so, Ruth was making that back in what the 1920s with the Yankees. Well, I didn't know if he was, but uh, but I'm, I'm in the NBA. He was the hundred, right. and that was considered amazing money. I mean, even baseball players weren't making much money in the six in the fifties. I think Mickey Mantle in the mid fifties was making like seventy five hundred dollars. But you know, it's all it's wonderful that the players today could make that kind of money and uh, good good luck to them and then, in fact uh, uh in fact this uh, uh, this year they're having uh the owners are making a lot of waves they're talking about lockout and all because the owners feel they're paying the players far too much money in long term contracts and that they want and i think that there will be a definite shakedown in the amount of money that the players will be making uh, next year, uh, on the you know unless they're locked in at this point, uh, which uh, uh, some of them are, and they're running, they're rushing, you know, like uh, Anthony, you know, he rushed to make this deal because uh, the money won't be there next year. I don't think. I think uh, that the owners are very, very adamant in in. Uh, Making their, their plea, from what I hear. What do you think about what Anthony did, what James did, what Bosch did? None of these guys want to play for small market teams. They want to go to the big teams and make the same amount of money that they would have with the other teams, but they knew there's more endorsement. Could you have seen yourself doing that back in the day, saying, yeah, I don't want to play where I'm playing. I want to go to Boston. I want to go to L.A. I want to go to one of the big markets. Well, I never did. <clears throat> Regarding uh, uh, Bosch and, uh, and James and... Um, uh, you know, they uh, they never won a chance. They didn't win a championship where they were, and they felt uh, being winning a championship would be the uh, cap of their career. So they they felt that by loading up with uh, Wade down there in Miami, and uh, and you know, and they got a big spiel from the owner uh, 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 Mickey Arison and, and Pat Riley, and they they fell for his hook, line, and sinker. And it's you know it's uh, very probable that they're going to be very successful, whether win championships or not. That's uh, besides that's uh, they they should be in the top, at least in the quarterfinals or the final or the semifinals of the uh, NBA uh, this year. Go deep into the playoffs, but uh, but there's 30 teams in the NBA and it's very competitive. So um, uh, I I I thought James would made a terrible mistake uh, well uh, by uh, for the I think he should have tried to win the championship by him you know with him as the key guy or whatever he uh, that's his business and he's a pretty smart guy and a great 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 player um, yeah, now back in the day you didn't have that option you, no, you, we never had the you, option. you couldn't say I'm taking my talents to Fort Wayne I'm taking my talents to Rochester or, or no, wherever. Back in the day, the the, uh, the the player contract was such that they had what they called <clears throat> a reserve clause, and the reserve clause 
was never really uh, uh, tested in court in the in the court of, 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 of uh, in a legal situation uh, because I think players were just very pleased uh, to be in, in in baseball or football or basketball, especially basketball, uh, playing something they love to do and being paid for it. And uh, and then and you couldn't you could not go to any other team because you the uh, team you had uh, had res- reserve clause and and uh, I think uh, Oscar Robertson challenged it and uh, and uh, paved the way for free agency, which uh, made the salaries explode in the. Uh, and the whole NBA explode, uh, free agency uh, and, and salary cap were, were things that were never in, in our era, uh, and uh, we we were we we were tied to our teams, uh, period. But today, players have the option after you know a certain number of years to be free agents, and and that's. Uh, that's uh, uh, what's going on is absolutely amazing. <laughs> the if you trade and all that. If you take the whole history of the NBA and you were running a team, if you could have one player to build your team around, past, present, who would it be? Well, of course, that's a, a very tough question. I I always felt that the greatest basketball player, we're talking about all around player, you know, pass, shoot, uh, defend, rebound. Uh, uh, was Oscar Robertson? I thought he controlled the game, and his skills were amazing. But uh, but but when you when you had the likes of Will Chamberlain and uh, Bill Russell, uh, you know, you say, "Wow, you want to you want to start a team with one of those guys." And and uh, then of course you the likes of Bob Cousy and Bob Pettit and Jerry West, Elgin Baylor. You know those guys. I. I, I I saw play and I played against them. I mean, uh, but but to, to me, today's players are incredibly athletic, much more athletic than we were. But to answer your question, I would probably say that the Will Chamberlain of of his last few years was the guy, the guy who played team basketball, would be the guy that. Uh, to anchor a team of, uh, around. Obviously, Russell won 11 championships and, and Wilt maybe two or three, but, uh, but Wilt finally realized that to be a champ, he had to be more of a team player than an individual player. Now, if you would put that Wilt late in his career on those Celtics teams, they still win the NBA championship. Absolutely. And Wilt always said... Even the years when the Celtics were winning all the championships, and I thought that was a little selfish of him, he said, well, I don't have the supporting cast that uh, Bill Russell has. And, but he had some very good players with, with Philadelphia Warriors. He had Paul Arizon. He had uh, uh, some others that were excellent. Uh, but uh, they, they came up all short. And then, of course, with the Sixers, uh, we couldn't beat them, but finally, in uh, 65, 66, uh, they came up with this, you know, one of the greatest teams of all time, uh, with uh, Wilt and 
Hal Greer and Billy Cunningham and Larry Costello and and Chet Walker and Luke Jackson. I mean, that was a fantastic team. And, uh, and that was arguably one of the best teams in the history of the game. Hello? Hello. <laughs> You'll get no argument here. Now, <laughs> one one person who doesn't really rise to uh, a point of recognition is Maurice Stokes, who played for the Cincinnati Royals and died very young. Did you have an assessment of his skills? Well, I, there's no doubt that had he completed his career as a normal player would have, and it was just a terrible blip that that he had passed away just a, a freak uh, illness uh, he would have he would have certainly been one of the top 50 players of all time and, and probably because he was with uh, Cincinnati and then Oscar was with Cincinnati a little later on that that they would have won many championships with those two because they would have complimented you the other quite well. Thank you very much, Mr. Chase, for your time. It was a pleasure talking with you, hearing about the great players of the game, hearing your thoughts on today's players, and I hope to hear from you again soon. Thank you. Thank you very much. That was one of the greatest basketball players of all time, Dolph Shays. When we come back, we'll bring on a guy who basically controlled the city back in the early 80s with the Chicago Cubs, Bill Buckner. You listen to Sports and Torts here on TalkZone.com. <laughs> 